Welcome to the Expansive CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Chapman, founder of Expansive CEO and X Squared Wealth Planning. Buckle in as we explore how to create true prosperity and build a business and a life that expands beyond yourself and makes a dent in the universe. Welcome everyone to this special episode of the Expansive CEO Podcast where you're not just getting one female financial advisor, um, but instead I have three of my dear friends and colleagues here with me today so that we can talk about what it looks like when you come from a place of financial planning, comprehensive wealth advising first, and how each of us does that a little bit differently. So the two aspects that are really important to me here is that, yes, I am a wealth advisor. Yes, I, you know, I am investment manager. All four of us on this screen are, and yet there is no competition. There's no competition among how we work or who we work with because we each know who we serve, why we serve them, and there is more than enough for everyone um, in our respective spaces. And so when we come together and we talk about things, we, we have conversations that are uplifting for each of us, but you know, that we, we really want to extend this to the whole industry as well. So you know me, I'm Hannah Chapman. I'm the founder of X Squared Wealth Planning and Expansive CEO, where I help visionary entrepreneurs um, through tailor-made financial planning, bespoke investment planning, and transformational money mindset coaching altogether. Um, and I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I've also got Kristen Printon, who is the co-founder and vice president of Moxie Wealth Management in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Kristen, can you say hi so we can hear your voice? Hello. Jamie Hansen, who's the co-founder and investment advisor at Akamai Investment Advisor in Madison, Wisconsin. Jamie, can you say hi? Hello. And Lisa Sakai, who's the co-founder and financial co consultant at One Vision Retirement. And she is in Prescott, Arizona. Lisa, can you say hi? Hi. Beautiful. So I would love to go kind of round robin popcorn style here and uh, talk about what it means to start from a place of financial planning first, having a focus where, you know, when we hear financial advisor, um, that doesn't actually have like, it, it's not a protected term, right? So pretty much anyone can just like say they're a financial advisor um, and then really their focus is life insurance or really their focus is annuities. And, and that's all they really do. They don't actually look at a comprehensive, um, take a comprehensive view of someone's situation before making investment management recommendations. And I think that's the biggest difference. Um, so Kristen, I want to kick it over to you. What do you see in your practice and, and who do you work with and how does it, how does that, um, process start for you? Mm -hmm. Well, for me, I, it may help with knowing who I work with first and then answering the question, because I think how you approach planning can change based off of who you work with. 
So for me, I tend to work with women who are the primary wage earners in their household. Um, I think you attract like-minded people. And for me, that's the role that I play in my household and in my family. And so it tends to be who I relate with the most. And when I was really starting out, I've been doing this 12 years now, I focused a lot on attorneys. So a lot of my practice is still female attorneys. It's expanded from there. But I think so many of the women that I'm working with are just overwhelmed. They're busy and they don't know what they don't know. And for me, that is really how we approach planning then is clearing up a lot of those unknowns and just the certainties and the the what if questions that are rolling around constantly taking up a lot of mental space. Because while the investments are important, I approach it more from the perspective that I don't even know how to direct your investments. I don't know what to be investing in. I don't know what allocation to have. I don't know what other separate products maybe to be looking at until I know what your goals are. And that is really, to me, the benefit of planning. It's helping clients see what do you have? Where is it at? What are we trying to accomplish? The priority order for all those items And once I really know what's truly important to you, then we can go out into the marketplace and figure out what makes the most sense. But it just doesn't make any sense to me to start with a product first, which is where I think so much of our industry is at, and then try to just magically fit that into someone's situation, opposed to starting with their situation and goals first, and then Mm -hmm. shopping out when it makes the most sense. Yes. Yeah. And you, that's, that's the difference, right? That's the difference between, I know like when I um, first start working with a client or even on like a prospect meeting, I will ask like, have you ever worked with a financial advisor before? And what was that experience like? Um, And very few people have actually worked with an advisor who starts that way, right? Rather than starting with, you know, if you're selling a product, you know, you've got a hammer and everything looks like a nail. 100%. Right. And instead, like looking at it being just really, really open to what are all the different solutions that that might fit once we know what your situation is fully. Um, And so I know that that's a that's a big difference for each of us too, being in the independent space Mm -hmm. Um, that that's one of the focuses, you know, when we meet in our own masterminds, like when you're independent, you get to choose, you get to um, really be focused on what the client needs and then go out to the marketplace and see what, see what the right fit is rather than um, like, oh, well, this is what we can offer. So we're going to like figure it out. Um, But yet, Lisa, what about you? How, Mm -hmm. like, who is your client, right? Mm -hmm. That's different from Kristen's client. And how do you start? Yeah. So I tend to work a lot with female professionals that work in um, like fortune 1000 companies, higher C-suite types um, in their families. So similar to Christians, but, you know, a little bit more targeted on the employee employee side. Um, And so I would say that probably, I mean, I started just to give background and I think a lot of us did. I started on that side of where it was insurance first and it was to do planning was to find a space to fit the insurance in essentially. And I realized that that wasn't what people were focused on. They were focused on the actual planning part of it. And that was the part that was making the biggest impact for them. And I also didn't like the feeling of that 
kind of slimy. You've got, you've got to <laughs> fit the insurance in if it, if it works or doesn't work kind of thing. So, um, I really started to focus on the planning first. It gives me an idea of the client better so I can figure out their risk tolerance. I can figure out a lot of things because if we're discussing a lot of different issues that go with their planning, then I get a better idea of what their track history is. Did they pull out in 2008 and 2009? Um, how do they view that? How do they deal with the pan, you know, pandemic pull back, that kind of stuff. It helps a lot. And having those conversations helps give the right advice for them. So Mm -hmm. I would say that's kind of where I come from it at. And then the other thing is I found that there's a big segment of employees at companies that have nobody to talk to. And that's mainly because in the independent space, you know, people are very focused on AUM focused, mm-hmm. um, and, which means uh, assets under management. Just exactly. To- <laughs> yeah, assets under management. So you have to have a certain amount of assets to work with somebody, and I, I didn't want to do that. So um, I actually was able to develop a monthly consultation so that people, you know, can have their 401k doesn't have to be managed by me to still get to work with somebody because the advice is so important and it's, it's the root of everything, making the choices in their retirement, you know, retirement plans is from their planning, you know? So I have clients who call and say, I don't, you know, I've got a bonus. What do I do with it? Do I put some in the 401k? Do I do, you know, and that kind of stuff. And that's really what they're concerned about. Is just getting that ongoing help and advice for their personal situation. Mm, yeah. So you're opening up and this is, this is a great lead in for Jamie Thanks too, segue. right? <laughs> like perfect because there is so much, um, there are so many financial decisions that we're making all the time. And, and we really like the industry itself has really put up a wall, you know, to getting to that advice in some ways. And, there's, you know, to be fair, there is a place for an asset management model and there's a place for an advice only model. And like knowing what you, you know, as an advisor love to do the most mm-hmm. is actually super helpful in, in helping direct that too. Um, so Jamie, you, you do, it's like, if you were to ask like, Jamie, what do you do? It's like a million things. Right. But really it's, it's the same. It like pulls in under one beautiful umbrella and you get to, you know, talk to people from, you know, coming from what's, you know, this is the question, how do we filter it down? So tell us a little bit more about your model. Cause it's different from the rest of us too. Yeah, absolutely. So certainly a lot of what Kristen and Lisa have already said, I mean, is, is our, our focus as well is really just that knowledge base and just helping people answer those questions um, but the, I think the best way to like picture it is imagine, you know, a million different puzzle pieces and trying to fit all those puzzle pieces together to get your picture. Um, you might be able to build some of the border out, have some of those questions answered via Google or a friend or whatever the case is. But really to put that picture into focus, you need somebody who knows about all those things. So we bring in also to the aspect um, health insurance, both pre-65 and post-65 into Medicare um, we do talk about long-term care strategies. Doesn't necessarily mean that we have to do insurance, but just when this happens, if it should happen, what do we do? Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we find is a lot of people will come to us as a referral because they are actually looking for somebody to write a plan. 
Um, they may already have a financial ad advisor, if you will, who is managing assets, but they're not able to answer the questions. And so they come to us with literally what I say is, did you try to Google that? Um, and they can't figure out how to get that information to speak relevantly to their situation. So they are looking for someone to do that. And by going through that planning process, not only do we establish those goals, and most people think goals are like, I want to travel in retirement, I want to be able to do this or that. Um, but the goals would also be, you know, how much income do I actually need? And understanding like which Medicare supplement or Advantage plan should I choose? Like what is best for my situation? Um, and sometimes it's also how do I help my grandkids go to college without, you know, be, you know, giving everything I, away that I have. Um, and so bringing in all those pieces uh, really makes that picture come into focus and more complete. Um, and the best feeling is when and somebody's done with that process and you can just you can feel it in the room that they are lifted um, because now that they know that their investment is only like one small piece of the whole entire puzzle and that they don't have to rely just on the stock market to make their wishes come true. It really comes down to, you know, what decisions are they making? And that's also where a financial advisor um, and I and I did get my behavioral financial advisor certification certification to help people better understand the relationship with money mm -hmm. um, and also help them navigate through some of those difficult times, whether they be something that's really exciting, like a job promotion or potentially a job loss, because the, the emotions are the same, right? They're either real high or they're real low. And we tend to make poor decisions during those times. So having somebody available that can walk you through that, who can see that whole plan and not just that this tiny little fragment of time where everything feels like it's pinned on that um, can be a great assistance. And so that's that's that planning piece um, that we all provide. Yeah, yeah. So Kristen, I wanna hear from you again, let's yeah. go back around and what's what's coming up? What do you, what do you wanna to respond to? Yeah, well, I think, you know, as Jamie said, for me, it's something that comes up all the time that I say to clients and, and even with potential potential clients in a first meeting, I talk all the time about when you know better, you do better. And I think what you're hearing all of us say is that education and context for decisions. And I think helping clients make really smart, informed decisions is really important for all of us and not from any kind of place of judgment either. So knowing that it's this safe space and knowing that, you know, talking with someone through, hey, I just had a conversation before this of someone talking through, uh, you know, DoorDash deliveries and food and like they like to eat out and like that's an important part to them. Like they're kind of foodies and like that's fun for them. They like going to new restaurants and to know that I'm not going to come in and say, well, you shouldn't do that because that's not the smartest or most efficient way to do things. But mm -hmm. instead, it's it's acknowledging, well, if we're going to have this pretty extravagant, you know, lifestyle you know, eating out kind of piece of things, that's perfectly okay. As long as you know that that might mean that, you know, paying for college or retirement maybe gets pushed back a little bit, like things like that. It's just about understanding how all these different pieces are all connected. And like I said, I think when you know better, you do better, but so many people just don't know what they don't know. And how can you ever possibly educate yourself on that when you don't even realize that that's part of the problem? And I think that's what's so exciting about what we do. I think it's so empowering to people when you can educate them on that. And so for me, that was what was coming up of hearing, you know, all of you ladies talk through, because I know we've all chatted about it before, but for me, that's so exciting. And like, that is where my passion is 
I love having those conversations and for people to see that your plan doesn't have to look like anyone else's and that's perfectly okay. It's not for me to tell you like you have to retire by this age and you need this amount of money. Like let's figure out what you genuinely want to create and how can we use money as a tool to design the life that you want? But we can only do that when we've got the planning, when we know what you're trying to accomplish and what's truly important and like what you value most. I think that is the most exciting piece when you can take those values and align them into like, now here's reality and here's money. And, and how do we use that in a way that supports us and serves us opposed to being this like maybe scary and overwhelming or intimidating subject? Because it is for a lot of people. Yes. And I'm going to, I'm going to tease open something that, um, we have all experienced on the screen being, you know, women who are less than 70 years old. Um, the fact that by a lot, by a lot, <laughs> yes, by a lot. Um, and not to say that disparagingly at all to any piece of our industry, but there has been a huge shift in what clients and other people one, the information they have access to. So Jamie, you called out the, did you Google that, right? There is tons of information available online. Some of it is great. Some of it is terrible. And some of it you can't sift through on your own if you don't understand how taxes affect this decision, how, you know, how different things work together. Is the IRS going to come after you if you create some intricate trust thing to, you know, evade them? Yes. You know, I mean, like there are so many, so many strategies that we hear about um, and that, you know, sometimes out in the marketing ethers, you know, you'll hear, well, rich people do things differently or, you know, there are secrets to building wealth um, that you don't know, you know, so people kind of have this roadblock to talking to financial advisors already right there because because like we've said there's so much information available out there to sift through and wrap that in this industry kind of ethos that has been here in the past of i know best like i am the expert in the room you listen to me like here is here's the plan here's what you got to do and just follow it and there wasn't i know this this um this existed in the practice I worked in before this, this aspect of like, yeah, kind of expert knows best. And what I am shifting and what I know everyone else on this um, screen is shifting as well is, you know, what you want as the client, right? Like there, we can start from your side of the coin and what you want and what you, you know, what matters to you the most and then move from there rather than, you know, feeling like someone is telling you what to do with your money. Um, and it's a very different approach. So who wants to, who wants to expand on that, Jamie or Lisa? Sure. I'll, I have actually an anecdote that I can share. So um, my business partner and I had, you know, each of our separate clients and we've merged those clients over time. Um, but generally still meet with a lot of those joint clients together. But there was a, a recent meeting with one of his clients that I have gotten to know. Um, but usually he's the lead advisor in there. And, you know, he's got his numbers all penciled out. And like, this is how your accounts did. Um, and that particular day, he couldn't be part of that meeting. And so he hands me, you know, all of the numbers, which were great. I already knew them. But, you know, thanks for writing them all down. 
And not once did we talk about those numbers because she wanted to talk about the fact that she was looking to buy her first home um, and she was scared. And, you know, what, what do I think of, you know, this particular place? And we spend the time looking at those pictures and doing a little mortgage calculator and like running through her list of like um, how she's spending her money currently. Like, does she have enough? What does this look like? Um, we talked about the fact that she's training for this 20 mile walk um, and which she never thought she could do. Um, and it was a, it was a very different feel and it was totally my feel. Like, that's what I want to know about. I want to know about the things that either keep you up at night in a good way or a bad way um, so that we can talk through them. Because sometimes when you talk through them, you realize that maybe they're not as scary as, as what they were. So, you know, at the end of the day, she's right around the corner from retirement. So, you know, the numbers are what the numbers are, um, you know, and if the market stinks, the market stinks. If the market's great, the market's great. But, it, you know, she's still going to try to accomplish her goals. And so we spent that entire hour talking about those things. Um, and never once did we talk about performance. And obviously, our jobs are to help make their money grow. And we all know that. But at the end of the day, talking to her about, you know, what percentage increase her accounts had would not have left her with the same feeling as you can buy that house. And so that yeah. that's an amazing feeling to be able to help somebody work through that and know that they're making a confident decision. Mm -hmm. It all comes back to decision-making, right? Like that's what, that's what people are actually asking for help with. Mm -hmm. It's, and it's, you know, it's interesting to see, you know, there are the people who want to DIY their investments, or they really enjoy learning about, so, you know, there, there is that segment of the population. And then there are people that try it. I've had clients who like, okay, I tried, I know I'm like super smart people. And once they get through, like I have one client who's literally a neuroscientist, she's absolutely amazing. And she's like, I should be able to figure this out. And so she tried for a couple of years and it was exhausting. And she's like, I don't want to do that anymore. Right. Like the, all of the other financial decision-making was, you know, the thing that we needed to work through first, but the investments themselves also, she's like, why, why do I want to spend my time doing when I really don't actually like it? I just, I had the capacity to figure it out. So I tried and no, I don't need, now that I trust you, Jamie, I feel like you're speaking to that. I trust you to take, help me walk through these financial decisions. I feel safe. I feel heard. I feel seen now also. Yeah. Go do that same thing with my money so that I don't have to, I don't have to worry about that aspect. Um, Lisa, what's, what's coming up for you? It's funny. So I'm going to go the complete opposite. I was just listening to um, a podcast and Tim Ferriss, which most people know he's an author and he's done a lot of stuff. He was doing a Q and a, and somebody said, what's the one thing that you've changed your mind on in the last 12 months. And it was a recent podcast and he was talking about how investment people, the investment gurus, the people he's looked to and all that stuff. He goes, I'm kind of surprised at how none of them know what they're doing during this downturn in the market. And he put it that way, which was kind of interesting. And he said, it just made me realize these so-called experts don't don't necessarily know what they're, what they're doing that they're, you know, and he actually said it like that, which was kind of interesting. And so I think it's really an interesting take on if you just come at it from an investment and a performance stand standpoint, 
I mean, there have been people that have been very lucky on those times, you know, that, you know, we've all heard that in 2008, you know, we killed it. We did, you know, we've all heard that, that story that happened. Um, but at the same time, can they replicate it? Do they actually know what they did that was different and is at the same scenario now? And I think people are starting to realize because there's so many different opinions of what's happening right now in the markets. You know, you hear one guy say, oh, things are going to start to recover. And then you hear another guy saying, oh, we haven't even hit the lows yet. What are you talking about? You know, there's so many different opinions that are happening right now that I think that that it's really showing a light on the coming at it from just an investment performance standpoint doesn't work. Because mm-hmm. if you just come at it from that side of it and you just look at it, it could go up this amount or it can go down this amount and you don't take into consideration their planning, their saving strategy, their time horizon, their um, goals that they're trying to accomplish, they're buying a house, they're wanting to go to Bali next year, whatever all those things are, that doesn't mean anything. It, it doesn't because we're just looking at a performance of of an account that most likely went down last year. And, you know, we're not showing what the impact is over time or how it evens itself out. Or, you know, if you're 40 years old and that's an IRA that you're not going to take from for 20 years, you're not happy about it, but is that really, you know, should we come at it from a different strategy, looking at the planning aspect rather than the investment performance aspect? So I think it's really an interesting world that we're in because everybody I feel like is on TV talking about investment performance and nobody is in there talking about how do you save more? Or how do you, even the word cash is thrown around a lot right now. And most of the time they mean like in a U.S. treasury but they're not saying that they're just saying cash because we know if it's sitting in cash at the bank, it went down six and a half, seven percent due to inflation last year. So it's just different things like that that I think is really important to kind of keep in mind when you're, when you're working with professionals and when you're working with coming into it with your goals of what you're trying to accomplish and what you you want the relationship to look like, I think is taking a stronger and stronger viewpoint, especially when you've got somebody like Tim Ferriss, who's making that observation. He's not the only one. Everybody's doing it. And a lot of people are listening to him, which I think is interesting. So. Mm, Yeah, no, that's, that is super interesting. I feel like from an investment perspective, it it also is like, there are so many ways. There's so many ways that you can accomplish your goals and what you're drawn to will also um, affect who's a good fit for you to work with. Right. Like, um, I've talked before, you know, I work with entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs tend to be very creative and they want to try lots of different stuff. So if I come at them and say, all we really should be doing is like ETFs and mutual funds and individual stocks. And and that's it. That's not a good fit. Right. Cause entrepreneurs are like, well, but my friend is starting a company and I want to invest in that. And like, I love having real estate. So I want to have some of that. And it all is part of a whole. And so what I noticed, what I noticed previously is that with the, we called it before the AUM model, the assets under management, the only, you know, where the only way that an advisor gets paid is if 
you know, you, they are managing your assets and charging a percentage. That's the AUM only model. What that ignores or what it tends to actually do, it ignores the pieces that are outside. So like it could be the 401k, it could be real estate, it could be a business, literally like business valuation and how that's working. And what happens is then any decision that client makes that doesn't bring more money into the assets, I've seen the advisors try to steer the client toward, why would you do that? You can get, you know, an average 8% return over here over time. So just save more money with me. Why? Because they make more money that way. They yeah. don't make money if they're only being paid for the assets under management and this person is buying a real estate property. And so the breakdown, the breakdown between client advisor happens when that client doesn't feel like they can ask anything. Right. Buying real estate, investing in real estate, um, buying a private equity investment, any of that, like that is a big financial decision. And if you don't feel like you can get true fiduciary advice from your advisor because it's not going to be with them, that's where like mistakes problem. happen, right? It is a big problem. The, the breakdown of trust is I, I have watched it happen and I have seen the repercussions with clients who did not feel like they could bring those business questions to their financial advisor. And it's devastating. And there's, there is a way, and we are like literally talking about it right now. Like if you come at it from a planning perspective where that client can bring everything that is valuable. I'm okay. I haven't asked this question, but I, I think we're all on the same page, but tell me if we're not, um, that we charge separately for the financial plan. I do, uh, like it has its own charge. Um, so that, you know, like anything we talk about anything and everything, and then the investment management has its own, it lives in its own place. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, for my clients, that works really, really well so that they know that they can, they can talk to me about anything and I will help them through any financial decision. Um, but yeah, yeah, I feel like, again, that goes also to the, I'm the expert in the room that we're also breaking down, like breaking down those those hierarchies, those those pillars, um, pedestals is what I want to say. Yeah. Um, well, I think the hierarchy, I feel like that, that was something that I was thinking through too. I think clients now, so many people are wanting a true partnership. Like they're wanting a professional that they can collaborate with opposed to this old school hierarchy of like, this is exactly what you should do. And slightly more of a cookie cutter approach. Cause it's like, well, I've been doing this long enough and this is what everyone does. Like they truly want someone to listen to them and to hear them and to kind of even be a part of it because they have their own ideas that they want to bring to the table. But I think a lot of what we also do is we're that sounding board, but we can be more objective. It's a lot easier for us to not be emotional about their money than it is for them. And so if we can act as that, you know, objective sounding board for them and truly act as that partnership and helping them understand and weigh the pros and cons, I think that's really what clients are looking for now is someone to walk alongside them and to provide that ongoing advice opposed to like the one time, here's what I think that you should do and listen to me because, you know, I'm the expert. Like, I think it's much more of a collaborative partnership that clients are looking for now. Yeah. 
I think that speaks to, you know, consulting has become a consulting or the word coaching has become so popular now. Um, And we've been doing consulting for quite a while. Um, We do not have an asset minimum. We don't even need you to have any assets. If, if you would like a partner, we can be that partner through a consulting relationship. So if we do have a a DIYer uh, who likes to do their trades on, you know, Fidelity or TD Ameritrade, totally fine. I have zero problem with that. In fact, um, if they want to try some things, it's really, they're just looking for that sounding board, like Kristen had said. Um, or if I'm doing college planning, that's, that's a very specific deep dive into the world of college. And so I charge for that specifically, um, because I'm not looking at how it relates to your retirement and social security and things like that. But very specifically, this is what we have. This is what your student is looking at. Let's make sure that we're helping them make the best final, you know, financial decisions. Um, And so I think to be able to either target a certain area or to be able to provide, you know, that financial advice without the pressure of being like, okay, well, I can't even talk to you unless you have 250 to 500,000 starting. Um, That leaves a whole segment of people who might be, you know, young and up and coming um, who haven't built their wealth yet. Why why would I not want to work with those people? Um, They need advice just as much as anybody else. Um, the way that we've structured our business too, is we do have associate advisors that, you know, if, if somebody's like, Hey, I, you know, that's still a little bit out of my wheelhouse for cost. Um, we still have very knowledgeable advisors who just have less time than I do. And so we can fit them with the right advisor to at least get them started so that they are not just trying to wing it on their own. Um, or if it's still not the right time for them, point them in the right direction of like, use these tools to get started. Um, but, you know, we we don't want anybody to feel like it's out of their reach simply because, you know, of their income bracket or whatever their situation might be. Financial advice needs to be available to everyone. Um, and I think being an independent, we can figure out ways to to help almost everybody if, in fact, they actually want to be helped. I, I do think that we need partners um, on the client side as well. Right. We, we can't do it all. We can't just give all of our heart and soul. And then somebody says, eh, I'm not, you know, I'm not even interested. You know, we're looking for that fit of like that collaboration too, right? Cause we get excited mm-hmm. when people, um, when we can make those things happen together versus somebody who's like, eh, I don't really know if I, if I want to do that or, and, and that's not saying that they can't say no. Um, but certainly it's, it's one aspect of, of a relationship that works versus one that might be just more trouble than it's worth too. So having a partner on the other side, um, and not just the partner as the financial advisor, I think is so important to all of us too, that fit, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Lisa, what were you, what were you going to share? Um, I would say, especially with the, I always say it's not just a partnership, it's an accountability side of things a bit, not in a scary way, but it that same, like, you know, I can't leave Patricia at the gym by herself just because I don't want to go <laughs> thing. Right. So essentially um, it's, it's about accountability. It's about having somebody know what your dreams and goals are and ask you, have, you know, have you changed it? Are we still on track for this? You know, cause oftentimes, especially I would say, especially as women, since I work a lot with women too, you know, we tend to, if we're not necessarily making the strides that we think we should be dependent on lots of different factors, most of them, um, you know, self put on by ourselves, you know, a little bit of a perfectionist side of ours, um, that we have as women, essentially, if we are not making the goals that we think we need to be making the strides, we tend to go, Oh, it's just impossible. I'm not going to do it. Or um, we kind of forget about it and try to minimize them. So, oh, I don't really need to go 
to Bali this year. I can go in a couple of years, or I don't really need to make that investment in my business. I can, I can do that in a couple of years, or maybe I can find this other thing that's going to, you know, so we tend to, we tend to put ourselves last on the totem pole a lot. And so essentially having that accountability partner saying, you know, no, you, you need to, you need to take care of yourself. This is part of self-care is financial education, financial advice, taking a look at your financial picture on a regular basis. That's part of self-care and you are allowed to be quote unquote selfish and, you know, put yourself at the top of the list and to focus on goals that are important to you. So I think alongside of you know, that advice side, you know, having the right partner on the other side, you know, we're here to just keep encouraging you to take care of yourself based off of our original conversations and not just the original conversations, but the conversations you have throughout the years and years of working together. Cause we should really know who you are, what you're trying to accomplish, what your big dreams are, what your goals are, how they've changed over the years. That's part of that conversation. Um, so I would say that that's a really important aspect that I work with a lot in, with clients in particular is trying to let them not forget what the the commitment they made to themselves was. Oh, I love that. I, and that just like spoke to that, like the actual value of the ongoing yeah. relationship, someone who, someone who has been with you for a while that when you start from that place and Jamie, you called this out so, so beautifully, like the relationship on both sides, right? Like that the client is doing their part, you know, bringing, bringing the information um, that we need to, to do a really good plan, being present for the conversation and, and showing up um, as well. And that ongoing partnership, when you can be together for, you know, years when you find that, and that happens, right? Like when you find the financial advisor that you feel comfortable with, people tend to stay. And if you are doing the planning, if you are doing things in a way where, you know, you're helping people make financial decisions rather than like, we've been talking about this whole time, just, well, here's what we invested in and here's how it did and yay or boo or whatever. Right. Um, when you're actually helping them make those financial decisions year year over year, that's a you know a sticky sticky client uh, because you are part of their team. So I love that. I would so let's do one more round robin of you know final thoughts. Where where can people um, find you? And everyone's information will be in the show notes. If someone if you heard someone's voice and you were like, oh yeah. That's, I don't know why I'm just drawn, drawn to her. Like, go, go do it. Like, go check out the website, go, you know, have a conversation. Um, there's a reason, there's a reason why, you know, any one person, you know, pulls on your heart more than another. Um, and so, yeah, I'd love to get everyone's voice in the room one more time. Kristen, where can people find you? 
Sure. Well, I was going to offer this up for everyone as well, because I think we're all pretty active on LinkedIn that to me, I think that's a great place to start because there may be something that you heard that resonated with you today. But I also think if you check us out on LinkedIn and, you know, look at past posts, you know, follow us for a while. I have people all the time that will reach out that honestly had no idea were even following me. And they'll acknowledge that and say, hey, I've been following you for, you know, three months. And I just I love your posts. They just it feels like every time you write something, it seems like you're writing just to me and I don't even know who they are. And so I think it gives you a really good idea of who we are as people, who we are as professionals, what we believe in, how we work with clients. And I think it gives you a really good idea of our personalities and what it's like to work together. And as we've already said, that personality fit is really important um, because we talk through some heavy stuff and some emotional stuff and and you can be pretty vulnerable. And we can also talk through some really exciting things and we want to be there to be a cheerleader for you and celebrate you as well. Um, but that's really only going to happen if we can have an open, open and honest dialogue. And I think that comes with having a partnership with someone that you feel comfortable with. And so I think that personality fit is really, really important. So I'd say LinkedIn is the easiest way. As Hannah already said, you know, our information will be in the show notes, the website, all the good stuff. But honestly, if I were trying to find someone now, I would start with LinkedIn. That's great. Awesome. Jamie, what about you? Yeah, certainly LinkedIn, um, you know, websites are always great too. Um, most of ours are certainly like warm referrals and whatnot, but we're also licensed pretty much across the US. So obviously sometimes it's um, a, a client or a family member who introduces us. But to me, that initial consultation where you get a chance to connect with somebody, um, I prefer to do them face-to-face. -face. Uh, second would be Zoom just so I can, you know, see people and, and interact with them. I, I want to see how they're responding to my questions. You can't always tell um, from emails, from text messages, from you know phone calls, uh, what people are really feeling, but their face tells you a lot. So to me, that body language is, is really important. So um, I think anytime that you're embarking on finding a partner, um, having at least some sort of face-to-face -face contact um, initially is a great way to start. And then you know, be prepared to ask them hard questions too, right? Like I'm, I'm going to ask some hard questions. You know, they often say, well, what should I bring? And they, they'll rattle off of taxes and, and my statements. And I'm like, bring your questions, you know, tell me what it is that you want to know. I don't, I don't even care what you have at this point in time, because that's, that to me is not one of the fundamental pieces of how we can work together. So if you want to bring it great, but I, I may or may not even look at it by the end of that appointment. So I, to me, really having that face-to-face, -face, as Kristen had said, that that connection of who you want to actually, if you will, spill the beans to a little bit and and feel like you're in that safe place. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I don't know if there's like extra places in that answer, but, you know, <laughs> I make love sure you it. diligence too, right? Yes, I love that. And Lisa, what about you? Um, LinkedIn, very active on that. Our website is always good. We also have a YouTube channel that I do um weekly videos on just little two, three minute things. Um, usually just inspired by conversations I had with clients that week. Um, so, you know, happy, happy to have you look at that and check that out and hopefully get some good information that you can take with you and do something actionable with it. I mean, that's the biggest thing is you want to have an advisor that's going to um, get you to act on things, act in the way that you want to act. That's going to be in your best interest because a lot of times, you know, you'll sit and talk with people a lot, but if no action is taken or you don't feel like the process is moving forward, 
are things really getting better for you? Right. So I think that's a big thing is, you know, really having that person that you connect with, that you feel comfortable with, that explains things in a way that you understand, or that you're not afraid to say, I don't understand what you're talking about. Can you explain it a different way? That's really important. But you also want to have somebody who's focused on trying to help you take action and actually move forward in the planning that you're doing. Oh, so love that's, that. a, that's an important part. Yeah. Love that. Yep. And the same for me, I'm, I'm active on LinkedIn, um, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. It's, you know, I'm everywhere. Um, and yeah, that connection, the connection piece is always so important first. And so thank you all three of you for being here with me and for being in this space with me and for uplifting other humans in their money. Um, it's so important. This is such a, it's the heart and it's the head that, you know, when, and we, I feel like we are the connection. We bring them together in a way that, you know, the, this is the way the industry is moving because it's kinder and it's more, it's more empowering for clients. So thank you all so much. And I can't wait to talk to you all again. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening and be sure to like and subscribe. And again, if anything resonated with you from this episode, I would love to hear from you. Email me at hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H at expansiveceo.com and tell me about it. And if you're ready for your greatest expansion, you can find ways to work with me at expansiveceo.com and at xsquaredwealthplanning.com. That's X, the numeral two, wealthplanning.com. So until next time, remember that there is enough, you are enough, and your birthright in this lifetime is to be expansive.